Hey everybody, this is It Came From New Jersey Podcast, um, your uh, weekly podcast where we talk about an album from New Jersey, and uh, I am here with Bob. Hey, what's up? Hi, Bob. And uh, today we have a special guest. Um, We have Al. Al, what's up? Peace, peace. How y'all doing? Today we're going to be talking about Redman, um, his album, What? The Album. Um, And, you know... I had never really heard this album, to be quite honest, but we got a lot of requests for it from listeners. So, you know, I'm hoping that everyone that listens is going to enjoy. But, you know, kind of a little peek behind the curtain, you know, when we decide to talk about an album, sometimes if I don't know too much about it, I'll hit up a friend, you know, that might, you know, that I think might know a little bit more about what we're talking about just to get, you know, their feel on it and, you know, what they know. And uh, so I hit up my friend Al and, you know, I was like, yo, tell me about the first Redman album. And he was like, I can tell you a lot about the first Redman album because he's one of my favorites. So I thought, you know, one of the things I've wanted to do was to get more guests on the show. And I thought, what a good place to start than uh, getting my buddy Al on here. So he's here today. I met him probably 10, 11 years ago, something like that. Um, when we were both living in the city, we actually went to grad school together. Um, we spent a lot of time at bars. Um, I think we talked, I would say we probably talked about music and politics. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Music, politics and women. 50, 50, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Maybe, maybe 40% politics, 40% music, 20% Um, girls. Let's say that. Yeah. mm -hmm. And our disdain for, for, um, for hipsters. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which was ironic because, you know, you and I were sitting at a table together. So, um, but that being said, yeah, Al, welcome to the episode. We're, we're psyched. We're psyched to have you. Yeah, so please. I think let's kick this off just by saying, let's kick this off just by uh, kind of going around the table and everyone yeah. can give their, you know, kind of like, how'd you get introduced to Redman in general or, or his album? Bob, you want to kick it off? Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, so this record, Pete, I went into it thinking a lot like you. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't think this is the Red Man stuff I know. But then I put it on and I was like, oh, wait, I, I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. Mm-hmm. So this is a record that I didn't own, but a really good friend of mine in high school owned it. And we would listen to it all the time in his car. So um, big shout out to my buddy, Rob. <laughs> but uh but this was a record that it was sort of it's sort of funny because it wasn't it was never something I owned so I never sat with it like I did for this episode but when I put it on I was like oh it's sort of familiar so this is the first time I've probably listened to it in like man it'll sound crazy but like 20 years and uh yeah I mean I got a lot to say about it I'm 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 excited that this is uh a record on our list because uh, spoiler, I, I, I'm a pretty big fan. So nice. <laughs> Al, what, what about you? When was the first time you heard it? What's your experience? Yo, man. I mean, um, like the first time I heard Red Man was on this EP and D track called the headbanger. Um, that, that came out like 92 or, or something like that. Yep. I was like nine years old. Yep. And like, you know, like, a, um, but it was like at the time, like, it definitely stood out to me because, you know, he has certain lines in there, like, make you go, ah, ah, like cerebral palsy and all of that. But, like, um, that's what I mainly remember being a kid because that's some a lot of shit was dominating. You had, um, you were in between two Naughty by Nature albums. Um, you had um, uh, shit from the Juice soundtrack popping and DOS effects. So it was, like, a lot of stuff going on. But um, I first saw the video for... Um, uh, what's that joint called? Um, uh, Tonight's the night. I first saw that video um, about like the like almost six months after the album came out, like early '93, and I thought it was so dope. It was black and white. It was in the snow. It was rugged and dirty and everything. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was dope, but I didn't actually own the album myself until about like eleventh grade year of high school, like you know, many years later, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I, and I think I might've had it on cassette tape and I remember just bumping it nonstop, just 
remembering all the songs and, um, you know, like things coming back, you know what I mean? Because well, I was nine years old when it initially came out, you know? Yeah. Al, you know, I think that's kind of one of the things that we're, we're vibing on here. Even when this was just a record that you heard, it's almost instantly memorable. There's a lot of mm-hmm. parts to this. I don't know that every hit, every track is a hit, but like there's stuff on this record that it's just like instantly memorable and you remember it. doesn't matter if it's been a couple years or a long time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Red Man leaves an impression, yo. Even, even when he was doing um, guest appearances in that era, like you just remember this shit that he's, you know, he, he always has these lines that jump out and grab you, you know what I mean? And um, he was so dynamic as an artist. And especially on this album, he really displayed that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and he had that ill EPMD production going on behind him. And like EPMD was like on fire back then, you know? Yeah. So Pete, what was your first, this was your first exposure or did you have something hidden underneath the surface? Yeah, so this whole thing made me feel like a total poser because I had like, <laughs> like I know, you know, yeah. I know a lot about music, but then like I just have these total blind spots. This is like a blind spot for me. So I knew, I knew Red Man just from like, I don't know, like random tracks he did in like the early 2000s with like Eminem from like the Nutty Professor soundtrack and shit. You know, sure. like I knew, I knew <laughs> of him, but like I never actually listened to a whole Red Man album. I think my brother had, um, which one was it? Doc's the name, 2000, I think oh, that was yeah. called. Um, yeah, my brother one. had that, but I never really listened to it because um, I was the older brother and I definitely didn't listen to my what my little brother was listening to. You know? <laughs> um, so I was, I was really, I was coming in fresh with this. This is the first time I heard it. Really, none of the songs I had any recollection of ever hearing before. I'm sure... I'm sure I'd like been in rooms where it had been playing before, but just kind of didn't register with me, you know? So... I was, I was, you know, a newcomer really to this one. Before we go any further, Al, you brought up the Juice soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And that being in 92, what a big year that was. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. lot of times, <clears throat> you know, me and Pete do a lot of stuff. We do a lot of different music stuff. We've talked different, a lot of, you know, rock music type things. And in the 90s, there's these soundtracks that were big deals, and it's kind of hard to explain mm. to people unless you yeah. are kind of a certain age and you know it. But like, there's all these soundtracks. People talk about the Crow soundtrack. There's a couple other ones I'm forgetting right now. The Juice soundtrack might be more important and bigger than any of those. Mm, I remember yeah. this was <laughs> – this shows – I think I'm just a couple years older than you guys. But <laughs> this was on um, – do you guys remember the like – Columbia House, you can send in like a nickel. Yes. Oh, yeah. Get and then like 14 a, CDs or something, yeah, right? Right, right. Like a penny. And, then and you were signing up for a subscription. Membership. Yeah, but it was like, yes, yes, I did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this this was on my list. I didn't get it. I did get the Blackstreet CD. I did get the Ace of Bass CD, but I did not get this, even though it was on my list. Um, and I'm looking at the lineup. And it's such a reminder of, of like what an explosion hip hop mm-hmm. was right there. Like mm-hmm. rap and hip hop just exploded and took over. And this is like this funny sampling. You got Naughty by Nature, Eric B. and mm-hmm. Rakim, mm-hmm. uh, MC Pooh, Big Daddy Kane, Too Short, EPMD. Yeah. Like, Grand Pooba. Yeah. Like, so, so this, like, we should talk about this, like, because I think Redman's part of this. In this mm-hmm. time frame, everything was exploding. And uh, I mean, I think Redman might get kind of lost in the mix mm-hmm. now when people talk about this era. I could be wrong, but I don't mm-hmm. hear people talk about him. And when I listen to this record, I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. I think people should probably talk about this dude more. Yeah. Yeah, man. When I listened to it, I was uh, just looking, uh, you know, looking at albums that came out that year. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a huge year for hip hop. It seems like Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. The Chronic, mm-hmm. Arrested Development, Three Years, mm-hmm. Gangstar, Daily Operation, mm-hmm. Far Side. You know, like oh there's so God. many big yeah. albums. Beastie Boys. Yeah. Um, yep. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, then that w- that's what made me think to myself, like, well, maybe there's a reason I overlooked this one because I had all these other albums. I just didn't, you mm-hmm. know, I never got to Red Man, I guess. But 
Yeah, I, I, Bob, I definitely agree. It seems, I mean, I'm not super deep in the hip hop world. Um, may, right. uh, maybe you can shine a light, but like, <laughs> it seems like he gets overlooked a little bit Yo, at this point. I mean, like at that time when that album had dropped, like um, there was so much going on. Even he says himself that like on the, on his own team that he was down with, the hit squad, they he was even lost in the shuffle of that. Cause like at the same time, because you know, just for a little background, Redman, like personally, and you guys are right, like when people talk about the top five rappers, the top 10 rappers, they always forget Redman, right? No one ever, ever says Redman, but then let somebody list their top five or top 10 and then say, yo, where do you put Redman though? And then they'll be like, oh shit, you know what? Come to think of it, he should be up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's always his afterthought, but as yeah. soon as like people like hear him, they're like, oh shit, like yo, like that's right. Like this motherfucker was nasty. He needs to be there. Like him and like Buster Rhymes were these were, like really dope dynamic rappers. And and like even though like when you think of that era, there's a lot of shit that came out at that era and everything. Um like cats mm-hmm. like Redman cats like Buster Rhymes, their style, and even though they had a lot more longevity than a lot of people that came out in that era, their style in that time captured that time so perfectly. Because like the ramen style at that time on the East Coast was really dynamic, really like boom, pow, like, you know what I mean? And like, that's how and Redman was, because Redman had like crazy wordplay, Red Man, um, you know, Red Man was like untouchable, like with the flow. He was always in pocket. He was really good at songwriting, could write hooks, illic concepts. He was funny. He knew how to bring characters into the shit. But the wild thing is, is that like Red Man um, initially, because, yo, he came in with Lords of the Underground. Do y'all know Lords of the Underground? You know, you know that song, doom, 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 one chief rocker. I know the name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one chief rocker, number one chief. Yeah, I know rocker. a few tracks, but I I don't go deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're from they're from Jersey also. They're so he came North. up with them. So he came up with them. He was um he was their DJ, and like they went to um like a show where um EPMD was, and I guess they got on an open mic or something like that, and he was just the DJ yeah. dude and somehow it by chance he ends up rapping and EPMD was like, yo, we want him, you know? And so, um, and EPMD at that time was like a big group. It, they were like, kind of like, um, I want to say if it, um, who's, who's a new rap group or, or like, like rappers that y'all know now, like Migos or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you guys are yeah, right. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> So, so like, <laughs> no, but no, I mean, I'm trying to, I was trying to, I mean, EPMD yeah. were big, they mattered and it's hard to, like, I was trying to think of, I think Migos is a good comparison yeah, of, for more modern, that, but yeah, like, we, it's yeah. hard cause it's different now. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's like EPMD was out and they, and they kind of had like all the, they, by that time that they meet him, they had like two or three albums out. They meet him. And, you know, and he, to him, he was like a fan, a super fan of theirs, joins their crew. At that time, they're forming the Hit Squad, which today became the Death Squad. But at this time, it was the Hit Squad. And then on the Hit Squad, you had um, Redman, you had Das Effects, who like had the Iggy 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 style that everybody started like taking afterwards. And you had um, uh, K Solo, who... Um, who uh, had a style where like he would like spell out how he rhymed, and it's funny because DMX on his uh, first single "Get At Me, Dog," this is K Solo. He claims that K Solo stole that style from him when they were locked up together. Anyway, so um, so yeah, so you know wow, they had these guys, and it was ill because like everybody was kind of like nobody was from like a borough, every except for one of the guys from Das Effects. Everybody was from like the surrounding area, like Long Island, which was where EPMD and K Solo are from, um, New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, one of the, and I think that was a big thing too, because New Jersey and Long Island and uh, Westchester County were like in the hip hop world, 
when in, in the beginnings was always overlooked and shit. But there was this talent just bubbling on the outskirts. But not only were they um, influenced by the culture coming out of the boroughs, they were also um, inf- like they, they, they had car culture similar to like the West Coast. You know what I mean? So the production was a big deal for them, you know. So Redman actually made, knew, how, knew how to produce and make beats because a lot of DJs back then also made beats. And um, yeah, man, like so much shit was out at that time, man. Like that summer, you had DOS effects with their style that everybody was taking and running with on the East Coast with the Iggy Iggy style. You had um, you had freaking Brand Nubian, um, which was like a big hit on the East Coast at that time, um, and they were very deep into like um, like five percent nation and everything. During this time, you got like the Rodney King riots going on, and everybody's like looking at what's coming out of the West Coast with um, Snoop and Dre and Ice Cube coming out. And I think that really influenced the sound because EPMD had already had this kind of like funk type sound, like like uh, like Parliament and everything, um, kind of samples in their music, Zap, things like that. And that's the type of shit that like the West Coast would end up sampling. And a lot of that, from my theory, I think beliefs come from like that car culture. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, like Mm. we got trains and public transportation on the East Coast, but like more so than the boroughs in Long Island, Jersey, Westchester, you got this, you still got car culture intermingled with that. You know what I'm saying? So the production, um, yeah, the production, EPMD was already ahead of the game with the production. But um, uh, but when the West Coast came out, you know, like this sound was like the best comparison you could have to that. You know what I mean? And Redman was deep in the crates with those same kinds of samples. Like and a lot of it, like you could tell on this album, he has like a, he's very influenced by what's going on around him. Like he, I can tell that he's very influenced by Tribe Called Quest, Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. public enemy. Like, there's a lot of these elements um, of influence that's going into this album. Just to put it a pin in the uh, the sound you were talking about, you know, like like mixing it a certain way. One of the things that I thought about when I was listening to it was just that it aged really well. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't really sound aged to me at all. You know, in no. terms of in terms of the sound, I was like, I was actually listening to it in my car. And uh, and I was like, this sounds fucking awesome, you know. Oh, yeah. yo, you know what? I might push back on that. I, I actually, I mean, I think quality wise, yeah, it sounds like it could have been done yesterday, right? Like, yeah, the the tone of it is perfect. It's it's bright. The sound, and it's funny because I, I was like, I was connecting the dots. And I was listening to EPMD, business as usual, and I was like, yo, the difference in the production, like the sound quality, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking from, quality. Not yeah, yeah, from what to beat. to business as usual. Like I couldn't believe. I was like, oh yeah, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Sound in terms of sort of what he's doing, it does sound different than now. But I kind of want to yeah. talk about that later because because I yeah. think what I'm excited, Al. I want you to tell me more, talk more about this, like because one of the things I think one of the strongest points of this whole record are the beats, the parts he's sampling, what he's pulling from. I think you're totally right. I think there's a lot of that kind of influence of the stuff that's going on. But it also seems clear that this dude, like, he's got a good background in music or whatever they were pulling mm-hmm. together. They were just pulling these cool kind of like, it's it's eclectic, but there's a lot of focus on funk and just catching mm-hmm. these moments. And uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of energy on like a few of these tracks. I think rated R. What's the other one that I was just like, just jumps out at me. Blow your mind. Like some of these songs just like jump off the page. And I'm like, man, because he's got a great flow. But the music itself underneath the beat is is Mm -hmm. awesome. So so tell me more about what you were thinking about all that stuff. Yeah, man. Like the beats, like they were very like they just hit. Like, y'all hit the nail on the head. Like, the way those beats bump, it's just the production is so lovely. And then um, at the same time, it's like he has to, he matches it with the right kind of energy. And like I said, this is like the type of shit that they were like bumping out in the West Coast, right? 
like these types of um, production and, 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 and what they would sample from. But it's like he himself is such an East Coast artist that it's like, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know how else to put it. It's just like it was just like the perfect marriage. You know what I mean? Because um, he's just bouncing all over it. You know what I mean? And then. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, and and rated R like sometimes the concepts he does brings it out even more. Like rated R, where he's like going in and like talking about like you know killing all these like horror flick people and shit. You know, he's yep. actually going through rated <laughs> R movies and shit. But the yeah. beats, man, like it's kind of it's got this kind of like dark thing to it, you know. And at the yep. same time, he's talking about a lot of horror flicks. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, it just um, he's got it with the Michael Myers, uh, Jason, and Norman Bates. That's right, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he gets everything in there. I really yeah. like the dark vibe of it. I mean, like yeah. it's 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 like this perfect marriage because it it feels like a party record. Like it feels like an album you can like put on at a party and just play the whole thing mm-hmm. like front to back. But at the yeah. same time, there's like this underlying like dark tone over the whole thing. You know? Yeah, man. It's and cool. Rated, and rated R. The, the the that song in particular like that's like a james brown sample like i've heard many yep. people use that same like loop but it's like or that same break pardon me but it's like it's he just makes it sound like like dark because of the because yeah. of the way he gets into the concepts and the character that he come he turns into depending on the song you know what i mean and i think um, that does something to the production as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you used a word early on that, that I hadn't, hadn't hit my head when I was listening and thinking about this record. And you said dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really like, <clears throat> I want to talk about, we talked a little bit about the music. I want to talk about Redman's flow and the way he moves through these songs and also mm-hmm. just his voice. Cause, cause yeah. <sighs> I think he's very East Coast. His voice is very East Coast, and he's kind of mm-hmm. got that gravel, and he's got grit. And it's if if he didn't do what he does, and I'm going to get to that, mm-hmm. you could almost say this dude has a flat voice, like a monotone. Exactly. But he yeah. has so much personality. He does so mm-hmm. much with that, and he goes mm-hmm. so and and then when you throw in one his his wordplay. Two, mm-hmm. his concepts, and three, he's he's going full at with harsh harsh vocals, harsh words, right to it. But also, it's so clever. So like that over this kind of bright, energetic music, like Pete was saying. Pete, you used the right term. You could put this on at a party, and mm-hmm. people are gonna bounce. People are gonna feel it, and like you know, kind of bob their head to it. But if you're listening, you're like, oh damn, there's a lot going on here. And, and I think that's where I, I didn't put together the idea of how much he could be feeling some of the West Coast stuff or how much that's vibing across. But I think that's total because I was wondering, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about that. I'm like, you know, a lot of the more East Coast stuff I'm familiar with doesn't have that same kind of kind of energy, that glow that this record does. And it felt like the perfect middle point yeah. of those two things, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I would say this, like, um, like, uh, like, you know, I was just thinking of this line, like, where he was like, um, I snapped the neck of Maya Myers and I freaked it because he was, it was August and he was talking that trick or treat shit. Like, um, yeah, I, I don't know why <laughs> that, that, that kind of wordplay just jumps out to me. You know what I mean? Like, the thing is, um, um, at that time, I mean, like, yo, on the East Coast, the competition was thick. But the marriage of production and, and, and flow and the way that he did it, like, period, East or West Coast, like, you didn't really, like, have that like that. And not only that, but, like, talking specifically about, like, rappers that were coming out of New Jersey, particularly out of, like, Newark and everything, like, a lot of rappers from that era out of Jersey were very, very dynamic flow kind of rappers. Like, um, like you had like uh but from different ranges not necessarily similar like i like i mentioned um uh lords of the underground uh chief rocker and yeah. all of that like you know or poor righteous teachers or um uh even queen latifah or rod digger um nikki d and mm-hmm. um apache apache had an album out that year 
um that was just fire as well all these rappers that um double x posse was another one um and mm-hmm. all these rappers that were out around this same time right they kind of like they, they 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 had like this kind of bounce to their flow or like just this kind of energy you know what i mean like they they didn't just come monotone they didn't come regular you know even though many of them were inspired by um eric being rakim i think only maybe yz which was like a very uh five percent um type of rapper and um, no not even yz but son son um king son who's from patterson new jersey he was like the only dude who had like a laid-back flow every other rapper right. i um i would hear out of jersey um, from that era did not have a laid black flow. They had, they, they were very like in your face. They were very yeah. like the attitude was very much there in, um, yeah. in, in their ROM style. And it was like, I'm letting you know right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of like that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Um, and maybe it was cause like these people were out and competing with each other. Like that was just how it was like in ciphers maybe, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that like the dynamics was it you you unique to him, but he but he had his own twist to it, and all of the people from from uh, North Jersey or even Trenton where um, uh, Poor Righteous Teachers is from, like all these people had like these kind of like dynamic kind of um kind of flows, man. Like and yeah, what, and, and, and what do you think? Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, I'm sorry for interrupting. I was gonna say, what do you think? Like, because I. The stuff I know, everything you said, I was like, yep, yep, yep. That totally tracks. That makes sense. What do you think led to that? Because I'm thinking in my head that there's almost this jump in the early 90s. And, and you know, it might be more regional than other where there was more personality being put and more personal inflection in the flow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't so much about let me be crisp. Let me hit these words and enunciate. It was like. I'm going to do me. I'm going to say it the way I would say it. And it's Mm -hmm. sometimes it's going to dribble out of my mouth and bounce. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to bring it back. And sometimes I'm going to enunciate and bring it in and and show more flair. And like, that's like, that's a part that I I think it's low rated Mm -hmm. as being something that influenced so far out of the genre. It influenced hip hop rap everywhere. But I think it also influenced like, I think you start to see that more in rock music and pop music where people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, I don't need to hit my, my pitch. Yeah. Personality can be really important here too. Yeah, exactly. And, and today it's like all personality, right? It's all personality. And I think oh, and all, it's, it's the hinge. Yeah. It's like yeah. all that matters. Yeah. I mean, the truth is that it goes in cycles because like in the early stages of hip hop, like, you know, like um, the 70s, mid to late 70s, going into the early 80s, like it was a lot of personality, right? Because it was most, a lot of it was yeah. live. A lot of it was live. Like even right. um, um, majority of the tapes being passed around, it was all like it was a lot of like Cold Crush tapes and, and, um, and Treacherous 3 and all of that. A lot of these joints were live and a lot of these things were taken from routines that were live. So there was a lot of personality at that time but then you start moving into like the mid to late 80s like you get to about like 86 when um eric b and rakim come out with check out my melody and eric b's for president um you know they kind of like slow it down they kind of like want you to hear yeah every word the enunciation was stressed you know what I mean, and then um, and then you had a slew of rappers coming out like that, like Big Daddy Kane and you know um, Slick Rick and you know all these um, Cool G rap, and you know so the whole region is, is being influenced by these by these rappers in the from '86 beyond that are just like really getting the wordplay down and really getting the metaphors down and getting down the punchlines and everything, not just like, you know, like, like yeah. um, two years ago, a friend of mine, you went from that to, um, to like, yo, um, uh, shit, I'm trying to think of like a rock him line, but you know, like you, but you know, it, it just got more complex. You know what I'm saying? Like you went from that to, yeah. I can say, yeah. I used to stand on a block selling cooked up rock money, busting out my socks. So I really would clock like that's cool. G rap. Like, 
then yeah. now people are like fitting more syllables into what they're doing. And in a, about four years of that, after about four years of that, and people get comfortable with their lyricism, with their wordplay, with yeah. all of this shit, you know what I mean? Then they bring back like a lot of, cause a lot of these people that's growing up, like Red Man, if you think about it, he's born in like 1970, 71. So it's like, he had to have been 16 when Eric B. and Rakim came out. Very impressionable age. You know what I'm saying? And then by the yep. time this album is dropping, he's about like 22. You know what I'm saying? So by that time... That's one of the things I was thinking about. Is he's 22 yeah. doing this, right? Yeah, exactly. So by that time, he spent his elementary to middle school years studying the rappers that were about dynamics, that were about showmanship, and all of that. That's his first introduction to hip-hop. Then um, he's in high school, right? And fucking like he's studying Cool G Rap, Eric B and Rock Kim, Slick Rick, you know, um, Sir I Boo. Like um, he's studying Big Daddy Kane. He's studying all these guys and how they're blending the personality into lyricism. But these guys were more serious. You know what I mean? They were, they were more serious with the flow yeah. and a little bit yeah. more monotone in some cases. Right. And so now, and you know, and this is his impressionable age and he's perfecting his style because if, if he has already been engaging with hip hop by this time, you know what I'm saying? And then now here he is 22. He's a student of the game. You know what I'm saying? He's, and then, and then he combines everything he learned from his childhood to his um, impressionable years and threw that into this album. You're right. And so it's kind of that's we're getting a kind of melting pot for that whole era where they're learning from the the people who were right before them. And I think we see this everywhere, but it's so interesting. I, I think you see it in sports. You see it in movies. You see it yeah. in music all across the board. Arts, arts, anything, you know, everything is art in this way. But it's like, oh, we see what they were doing. We, we like it. We came up on it. Maybe we dive back a little further. But how can we put our spin on it? And how do we make ourselves stand out and, and make this me, not me doing them? Yeah. For me, like so many rap albums that are hip hop albums that I'm familiar with are like, so like, you know, serious and like, it's like, 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 you know, like hard, like they're like tough albums, you know, they have like a, like a serious vibe to them. This one, I mean, the thing that made it so listenable for me is like, he has like the sense of humor shines through so much. Like he really does have his own kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just doesn't take himself that seriously. It seems like he's obviously got the skills, like the mm-hmm. flow is there, the beats are there, but like, he's like busting his own chops, like throughout the whole album, you know, mm-hmm. like he really like does not seem to give a fuck. Like what mm-hmm. people think of you go out him or what he's doing. He's just like, it's, yeah, it's full like yeah. his personality. Like my, I think my favorite moment on the whole record is, uh, I think it's uh, tonight's the night, where like, oh, yeah. like, you know, 20, 20 seconds in, like, there's like, like <laughs> the needle scratches, you know, it's like, yo, what yep. is this funky shit, you know, and yo, like, and then he just yo, goes right yo, back yo, into yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah, that's um, that's a Hurricane G. Um, she's um, um, she's actually um, this another rapper, Afro Puerto Rican rapper. But like, um, yeah, so he goes into it and he's talking like all this smooth shit, like, you know, about like, yeah, and yeah, right. Action and everything. And then Hurricane, the record stops right. like, yo, man, fuck all that punk smooth shit, man. Get with that rough shit. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. At that time, like the, the ill shit about that time was that like, you know, up until about 1996, hip hop was all about rebelling against being mainstream. You know what I mean? You had cats like Naughty mm. by Nature was going double, triple platinum and talking about fuck the mainstream. Like we're we're hardcore underground rappers. Same thing with Das Effects, straight from the sewer. You know what I mean? Mm. And um and Red Man was very much like this. Like time for some action. If you if you look at that video, bro, like cause Red Man has like um like allergies and gets like a runny nose off it. So like in the video, his first video, Time for Some Action, he has these napkins sticking out of his nose. 
throughout the video. <laughs> and, and, but then like I've been there. Like, I've been yeah, there. But then he, he's rapping his hardcore shit and dudes are like throwing guns in the video. You know what I mean? And it's like, right. um, you know, and, and then like tonight's tonight, it's like a real smooth Isaac Hayes sample. You know what I mean? And this is what I'm talking about, how like he can take something, he can take that production and give it a completely different feel just by his approach. You know what I'm saying? Because tonight's the night starts off smooth. I thought it was going to be smooth. I was like, shit, like yeah. look at Redman on some. Yeah, he's got that smooth jam going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden it was like, it was like, no, fuck that shit. We're getting that street shit. And he was like, tech nine by the waistline, ready to, yo, come on. And then it was, yeah. you know. It was, <laughs> yo, it was I'm so glad you guys cool. brought that song up. And that part, really you know. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the, yo, yo, Redman, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing i thought about that song because i was going uh, you know when i do these i try to listen to the record a bunch you know and absorb yeah. it and try to think about what are the shit that that part sticks out but i was like why does this stick out to me because mm-hmm. exactly what you said it's sort of like this weird meta like mm-hmm. commentary about himself about doing this record yeah. about what people think about him doing this and what it, what's it, what would it be like for the people he knows if he drops this like laid back slow jam mm-hmm. and tries right. to be smooth you know mm-hmm. um and i just thought like that's that's something that i noticed on this record i mean a lot of records that come out a lot of like hip hop and rap records that come out around this time have this they have a playfulness and like yeah. yo it's playful. It's like it's not always self-serious. But what mm-hmm. I what I think, what I've come to, because like I didn't realize this when I was young, like the goof songs, like when you get to the end of this record and there's, you know, Super Lover interview, you know, a day mm-hmm. of Superman Lover. Like, yo, it's funny, but it's also fun and it's silly and playful. Mm-hmm. But about the music, no, it's dead serious. And they're right. playing with the form. They're playing with what they can do. And it's like... I think this record, I mean, especially does that all over the place. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's like five songs on this record that I just think are like undeniable and like, whoa, tonight's, tonight's the Night is one of them. And yo, you know what I love about Tonight's the Night? Like on the hook, like, cause so, okay, like black people, we do some shit called snapping. I don't know if y'all know about that. It's like, uh, we they used to call it the dozens back in the day, this shit. And it's like, um snapping it's like you go back and forth dissing each other like yo you like you know you talk about how ugly somebody is your mother's this or whatever if you listen to tonight's night on the hook he's doing that you know what i mean it's like exactly what you're saying like yo he's he's kind of making fun of himself you know what i mean and throughout the album he has (laughs) this thing about reggie noble versus red man so i'm from my perspective the hook is Reggie Noble and Red Man snapping on each other. You know what I mean? If you listen to oh, it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hook is just all night the um the Mary Jane Girl sample. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. underneath that is him just talking shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, he's breaking that's balls. Dope. Yeah, kind yeah, of at himself, yeah. you know, which yeah. is so sick. I love yeah. it. But the wild thing is too, is it, it, that um um the sample, the Mary Jane girl sample, goes so beautiful with the with the Isaac Hayes beat. See, I didn't know about the Isaac yep. Hayes sample back then. I literally thought they they sampled like a remix of that song, the Mary Jane girls, um, all night long. Oh wow! Yeah, that's how perfect that shit fits into that um that beat too. Yeah, oh, shit. I think there's a lot that could be said about 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 that side of the production. It's just how like. And it's different now. It's it was different then than it is now. You know what I mean? It's amazing to think about what you can do when you sit on a MacBook and what you could drop drop tracks, you know, and weave. But but what was being done back then? It's just incredible because it's you know I think it's something people should think about. Music is is listen to this and and try to you know deconstruct it, pull it mm-hmm. apart. And think about the person who was like, yo, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this and this and I'm going to overlay it right here. They're doing that in their head. 
Yeah. And that's yeah. like, that's such a next level, amazing thing. Like it's, I'm getting, I, I you know, I get crazy when I think about yeah. somebody being able to do that. It's you awesome. Know, it's different. It was different because back then studio, I mean, studio, uh, labels had bigger budgets, right? So like these cats would spend yeah. all day in the studio, like, you know, or like three days straight in the studio. You know what I mean? So it's like, all they're doing is devoting all that time to creativity and coming up with shit on the spot. And they got this room locked to themselves. Um, or, or like they've been thinking about these things. Like he talked, cause at this time he's actually living with um, Eric Sermon, which is uh, one of the guys from EPMD. So he's living out in Long Island mm-hmm. with this dude and he's taking long trips on the LRR, uh, the, the path train, the subway. He's just riding through the tri-state and it's like, he's, coming up with concepts as he's on these long train rides and shit. And then he gets to the studio and he's spending like hours upon hours at the studio coming up with concepts. Um, If you're signed to a label today, God forbid, you're not getting budgets like that to That's spend not the case. that much yeah. time in the studio to do all <laughs> no, that. No way. And if you do have like no. a, your own kind of studio thing, it's probably your home or something. And there's probably things that are going to distract mm-hmm. you maybe. if You know what I mean? Like, But if you're like away from home, locked in this creative space, and you have to devote all that time to just being creative, yeah. and you do that about like, um, like three days straight every other week, you know what I mean? You're gonna come up with some yep. shit. You know? Now I've heard uh, I've heard um, some musician friends that I know that were on a major label in the '90s always refer to it as the fat '90s. You know, just <laughs> there, was, there was there was always money for everything at that point. But uh, other thing I wanted to say the the other track similar to um, tonight's the night. Um, I think that moment is my favorite on the record. But the the moment that I feel like kind of distills Redman's total like his whole vibe for me is the song i'm a bad where it switches to the techno like bit because it's like 15 seconds of like super tough you know straightforward delivery and then it's like juxtaposed with like this total goofball shit yeah you know and like for me I, i feel like that's like his entire essence in like 15 seconds yeah no well that's not techno that's actually um miami of bass music He's a, he, like, 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 you um, know like, better than me. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's like my, like, kind of like Luke Campbell, like, 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 face down, ass up. That's the way we like to fuck. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Like, that's how the beat, that's how yeah. that rhythm yeah, 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 yeah. And he was kind of yeah. like, yo, I do what the fuck I want. You know what I mean? He just gets on that. And then he does that to show you, just to right. play around, but still show you, he gets, he doesn't skip a beat, gets right back to where he left off, and it's seamless. You know what I mean? Yeah, that shit is seamless, yo. Like completely different. Yeah, BPM no, it's great. And everything and just gets right back into mm-hmm. it. Yo. Shit is ill. So like, um, the, uh, blow your mind when he goes into Korean. That was always my oh, shit. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just starts <laughs> rhyming in Korean for no reason. Yeah, it's good. So like, I'm gonna take a step back here. So. I feel like, and again, like I'm not super in touch with what's going on in hip hop currently. I just kind of mm-hmm. keep tabs, but I've seen recently over the last couple of years, like newer rappers kind of talking shit on the older generation. Mm-hmm. I don't think Redman's got involved in that really, but I'm thinking about like little Zan was talking shit on like Tupac. Um, mm-hmm. Someone, I forget who it was, was talking shit on TI, you know, like it seems like, there's a lot of that happening or at least there was, I mean, do you think that younger generations like have any, do they even know who Redman is? I guess, is he even like on the map at this point? Man, um, you know, I really don't know, but the thing is, it's like he embraces them. I know that like, cause I've heard him in interviews say like, yo, like, you know, like when he first came out, like with what the album, like the, um, the older generation of hip hoppers didn't embrace him. Um, but the difference was, was that like, right. it was more of a thing like, okay, we're new, we're different from you and we got to prove ourselves um, versus um, where it's like now, like these kids don't feel the need to prove themselves. And the older generation isn't really 
wholesaling rejecting them you know like there was a period where um yeah. the media was hyping that up but like a lot of older cats weren't really on that like you know you do have some dudes that's like yo like this new music is weird it's space shit and you know sometimes it can be true but um redman is one of the cats that was actually embracing um the newer generation and he didn't even seem to care that um that they knew who he was because again redman from the jump has never been about ego you know what i'm saying like he's never like that but that was just that time he came up in like you you just got to show your show and prove your skill fuck your ego you know what i mean yeah. so right so, and that's what yeah. he wants to see out the younger generation you know like I, he said something that i thought uh should have happened um he said that like yo def jam as much work as he put in in Def Jam, as many records as he sold and as much money as he made Def Jam, he should be an executive in that motherfucker. You know what I mean? He should have been an A&R or some shit. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, because this guy, like, he was raw talent himself, you know? And you yeah. see that on that, on this album. And, 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 and he clearly understands yeah. the creative process. You know what I mean? Um, I think that a guy like him to be put in a position where he could mentor younger artists, I think he'd be the perfect dude to do it. You know what I mean? I think he'd be the perfect dude to do it because he's still that, like, funny, dynamic rapper. You know, he's still the kind of cat that, like, throws the ego out the window when it comes to um, his style. He's still rooted in his community. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know if y'all ever saw the infamous MTV Cribs commercial he had where he was oh, showing yeah. up his house in Newark and, yep. and the bell wasn't working and he had to rub the shit to get the copper the wires. Two, uh, yeah, the room. two wires, yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Like, you know, like, that's how real that dude is, man. He didn't even know, like, MTV Cribs was going to pull up like that. He improvised that. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's the kind of cat that he is, man. And um, and like I think that like um, you know, like I think that uh, he would be a like if if these young dudes was like if any one of these young dudes was like yo, Red Man was a big influence on me coming up. I think that he would probably mm -hmm. take that cat under the wing. I don't know for sure, but I'm, I think he'd be the type of dude that would like actually reach out and be like, y'all appreciate that. Holla at me. You know sure. What I mean? So, so I had a question for you, Al and, and Pete too. You guys can both give opinions. One, this isn't the question part, but I think you're probably right regarding, and what he said, he's right. <clears throat> And I think it's something you see in certain spots, you know, like I think you see it in some sports, you know, like mm -hmm. um, oh, basketball. A big basketball fan. You end up seeing you see players go into they go into media, they go into coaching, they go into the front office, they're scouting and they're kind of like, OK, yo, you are a big part of this organization. You're going to be a part of what we do going forward. You know, we're going to kind of we, we're going to reward you for being a part of our team, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it keeps that. I don't think I don't see that happening that often in in music, but in hip hop for sure. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of sad. I, I've actually, yeah. you know, like on the rock side of things, I've seen that where where dudes are cut real quick like that, too, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. where yep. they're doing records with a label. They have some hits and then things start tailing off and they're cut. And, you know, yeah. for some of these guys they're not going anywhere and and you know clearly they were talented musicians they got all this stuff and they're just out yeah man i mean the thing is that yeah. you know unfortunately we 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 we're, we're creating underneath capitalism you know what i'm saying and and when you're doing that yeah. um whatever product you have is just a commodity you know what i mean it's disposable yeah, that's right the moment is no longer selling the no, the moment is no longer relevant it's disposable and sadly, I mean, this really began with like you know yeah. the practice of like you know traditionally like like I, I'm I'm saying had they been fair to like the black artists in the past that started like blues and rock and roll and all of that if if they started sure. from that point by not yeah. treating them disposable um, I think through time we would have saw better treatment of all artists man because like I mean like um, you know they. They like like these people. A lot of these 
people that, that were in the industry, a lot of them didn't even have real knowledge of the music that they were selling and that they were pushing and had no real love. No, for they it. were making, they were making art. They didn't realize the business yeah. side of it. Yeah. Like the right. few, like the few guys at that time that like really gave a fuck and, and really understood the shit like Dante Ross and your um, Rick Rubens and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, like those types um, st- stood out, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. yeah, like the ones that just didn't give a fuck, like, they, I mean, those are the ones that, dominate the industry you know but i think that's one thing i like about yeah. today is that like um your art if if you own your art directly because labels are becoming obsolete and if you own your yeah. art directly that you produce it's no longer disposable it's no longer just a commodity it's only a commodity if you treat it like it's a commodity and that means and when i say you treat it like a commodity from my standpoint that's when you're chasing gimmicks that's when you're um, yeah. just trying to ride whatever wave, not be a re- like you know, just like you're just not approaching yeah. it with the kind of love and sincerity that like a red man would to what the album, you know. Sure. So, well yeah. put. I really like the way you said that. Um, my question for both of you is: What would the reception? Let's just pretend. Let's get in the 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 hypothetical machine here. If this record came out today, 2020, what would it be? What would the reception would be? Would it, would people be like, "Oh shit, this is cool"? Would it would it be totally out of? Because in my head, this is so sonically, it's so different than what's going on right now in hip hop. But uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, you want, you want to um, again, I don't really, I don't. I, I don't really have a read, I guess, on like what's happening nowadays <laughs> in that way. But I think that like, like would no, no, I mean, but like, I guess would it have been as big as it was at the time? I don't think at all. I think that this would be like an underground sensation, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would like, you know, make it to the, I don't think it would sell the way that it sold in 92, you know? Well, right. Um, there's, there's like different market conditions that impact that too. But, but yeah, even, yeah. even to scale, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I don't know. Um, I think, I think a lot of people would pay attention. I think a lot of like, like people that know, you know, the history of hip hop and stuff would be like, Oh, this is like this total nineties throwback album, you know, that's like actually really sick. But Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that he'd like make it into the mainstream the way that he did. Yeah, man. Um, I think you hit it on the head because like you do got people like, um, like there's these guys from upstate New York, Buffalo, uh, Griselda, and like a whole slew of rappers that are yeah. making kind of like that traditional sound. Um, but as far as like if this album came out, like people would like, I think you're right. People would be like, oh shit, this is like a sick thing. I think a casual listener of hip hop would find it as something um like funny and entertaining, but not something that they would necessarily take too serious and give heavy rotation. But I think if they even found it, it. yeah. But I think if you're like a young dude, like maybe say like late teens, early twenties and like you, cause there's a lot of mm-hmm. these kids, um, particularly on like in the tri-state, like where they actually like hip hop. And um, I think yeah. they would fuck with it. I think they would fuck with it. You know what I mean? I think they would love the references. I think they would love the um, the wordplay. Um, yeah, I think there's a slew of kids, yeah. these like, you know, like music nerds or whatever, they will fuck with it. But um, yeah, 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 I think you're right, Pete. And one thing I did want to say when that, uh, I yeah. forgot to say when the album did drop, it sold half a million copies, but he was supposed to sell more. Well, um, EPMD broke up and the hit squad broke up in the middle of his run for this album. So he had to do all the promotion like and shows and shit himself. So he didn't have like a big tour like Das Effects and the other hit squad members had at that time. So even going gold, that didn't even meet his expectation at that time. So let's, I want to take a step back and like talk about the actual album. We've, we've kind of circled around it a lot. Yeah. So, Give your run through individually of, you know, as an album, 
is there anything that you change about it? You know, like, nope. like Al, just, 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 for, just for context for you, like, <laughs> I guess you gave your answer away, but yeah, Bob and I usually kind of go, go through track by track. I don't think we have to do it here, but just like kind of your general feeling on like, you know, if there's anything you change about it. So I guess for you, it's a no. Bob, what yeah. do you think? Yo, so, so let me let me get in, and we can talk. I, I want to hit some spots here because it's fun. Um, I think it starts so strong. I fr- think the first three, four songs are just like great way to open. If it's your first, if it's your introduction to Red Man, man you're really getting you're getting to know him and getting to know what you're in for in a cool way, in an up tempo way. You drop. It's kind of like being dropped. F- you're jumping in the pool. You're not like walking down the steps, you know? Right. Rated R is like top track to me. I love it. I, I think my favorite songs are Rated R, Blow Your Mind, I really like. Uh, I really I like I'm a Bad. <laughs> um, I like... I like How to Roll a Blunt and Day of Superman Lover. I think those are funny. Um, only song that, that – the only song – and, yo, honestly, Encore is real fun. And it's like <laughs> funky way to end this. the record. I was like, yo, this is cool. The record f- is a little – like, yo, Al, one of the things me and Pete go for, we're, we're short music guys. We're like, oh, man, <laughs> these records are long. This record for a record that's 51 minutes is 51 mm-hmm. minutes. That's long. Mm-hmm. It's not that long for a hip hop album. That, no, that well, well it's not. And I also think there's different flow to it. Yeah. Well, that's that, typical, right? There's yeah. there's a flow to it. That's sort of why there's breakups. There's like these different narrative parts that you're following mm-hmm. along. So it's almost episodic in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the song Watch Your Nuggets is not the best. <laughs> I would cut that too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others. <laughs> Funky uncles, I actually like. Uh, Red Man meets Reggie Noble. Funny little thing there. Um, there's a couple tracks I'd cut, but yeah, right. Like there's a couple tracks I'd cut, but like the only one that really stands out that's like, yeah, I don't really care about it is Watch Your Nuggets. For me, Watch Your Nuggets is the weak song. I would cut that. I mean, the big thing though, a lot of hip hop albums at the time that I'm familiar with, at least there's always those skits, you know, there's like a lot of them, a lot of the time. Um, this one, none of the skits bothered me. I feel like they all like kind of play a part in the, in the theme of the record and like the flow of it. So like, that was cool because that's always something that I'm like, uh, like again, I always want records to be like half an hour maximum. Yeah. <laughs> um, and usually with hip hop albums, I'd find like at least 10 minutes of like fluff that I just like don't need, you know? Yeah. So, so I was happy with that. I think it's 51 minutes, but it really doesn't feel like 51 minutes. No, it, like, it doesn't. Almost, every time I listen to it, it flew by. Um, the songs like really, really seamlessly go into one another. There's like a really great flow to the whole thing. Yeah. So I don't know. My favorite songs. Um, time for some action. So rough. Rated R. Jam for you. Tonight's the night. Probably. No, tonight's the night. It's good too. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Before so we get like, to Al, I want to. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No. So th- I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I'm sure there's like one or two other tracks that I would cut. I I, I can't really think of them off the top of my head. But overall, it's like a minus. I'd say like it's like nearly yeah. a perfect. This is a really record. good record. It's real. It's pro- of the records we've done. It's the one that I was. You know, like I said, it was a record I I was familiar is not the right word, but recognized is the right word, I think. And uh, I I really I think it'll be in rotation now. And it's it's a fun one. And about the skits, I think it's underrated and something that I was real into when I was young. Mm -hmm. But there were good ones and there were bad ones. And there were ones that you could feel it and like that I'd listen to every time through. And there's ones that I'd skip, 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 you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And this record, it, it makes me think a lot about the same thing I was saying about the flow, the wordplay, the beats. The skits feel well, like well thought out. They feel like there was a lot of effort and energy put into the idea and like where it's going to be and how it's going to be in the record. I don't know. I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, Al, give us some thoughts here. <laughs> like it, as far as the length for the album and the skits, you're going to want to thank uh, De La Soul and Ice Cube for that. 
because um you know De La Soul was the first ones to do skits on Three Feet High and Rising in 1989, and then um and Ice Cube continued on with that formula, and they were the only ones that I know of from the early 90s that had albums that were that long and had that many skits and, and had you know and Redman um was like the third person that I know of to um to incorporate that you know what I mean? Like, um, into his album. And that's why I said like, yo, like his album feels to me like an East coast version of an ice cube album. Less conscious though. So rough is like the only real conscious song on it. Um, but like he, his, his album is, 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 um, is, is like a East coast version of that with the production, the sound, the length and the concept of like, using the skits to tell a story kind of, or, or to give a certain feel leading up yeah. to the song. Um, yeah, man. Like, like, and then my joint, my joints on here, yo, time for some action. When yeah. I used to hear that shit, I would yeah. lose my shit. Once I hear that time for some, time for some, <laughs> like, yo, bro, I would lose my shit. It's a um, really strong opener. Yeah. yeah, man. Uh, fucking um. Yeah, rated R was dope. Uh, you're right. I I probably would get get rid of a Watch Your Nuggets. I like Hardcore. Hardcore is actually um. Oh yeah. Um, a remake of 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 his EP of an EPMD feature he did, and like he expounds upon it and he's going through like because the original verse was just him going through the R's talking about his name, but then in this one he's going through like all these different letters and shit and i thought that was dope um blow your mind is ill just simply because of the korean like uh, flipping it in korean yeah i, I love um yeah. red man meets uh, reggie noble like i thought that shit was so like ill like how they were going back and forth and the beat itself was so like like lush or whatever um tonight's the night my god that's one of my favorite hip-hop songs period um how to roll a blunt um superman lover like yeah man those songs at the end like there's so much personality oh my god yeah (laughs) yeah there's a lot there's a lot and like there's just a lot of bangers on this album and it's funny because it's like some of the songs off this album became popular later you know what I mean? Like, like, um, I think when he kept doing the Superman Lover series, cause he kept, he kept it going, you know, and, um, throughout yeah. his albums. And I, and I think that made people want to revisit the first one, how to roll a blunt that became more popular after the how high soundtrack came out in like 2000, you know, on um, that Pete Rock. Produced right. That yeah. One. Yeah. So, right. um, I yeah, forgot, man. I forgot like, that that came out on there too. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 man. Like he, they, they was just so, um, so yeah, and and that's how, and and that's how, like, that's how the album stands the test of time. Like it didn't have the impact it should have had when it first came out, even though it was like commercial success. But like the lasting impact, like it, it was one of them joints that just like that it stood the test of time. And people found themselves just revisiting it, revisiting it, revisiting it. You know what I mean? You could throw on tonight's yeah. night um, somewhere and like, you know, with the right crowd, you know, people will start rapping that shit line for line, you know? Yeah. Right. Al, uh, yo, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Um, yeah, no doubt. We ha- we've had a couple guests on, but so far you're, you're, you're my favorite. Um, what if we were to ask you to do one more record from New Jersey with us? What would it be? Oh my! Anything God. you want, yo. By someone from New uh, Jersey, obviously. Yo, I mean, fuck. I would probably say <laughs> I'll either, put you on the um, spot. <laughs> I would probably, I would probably say either, um, because I it's a couple of them. Like I, I could say Naughty by Nature, nineteen ninety three. I could say uh, Queen Latifah, Black yeah. Rain. I could say um, Lauren Hill, um, um, uh, um, ed- yeah. the Miseducation, Fuji's, the score. Yeah. Uh, shit, I'm Haitian, so I'm biased towards the Fuji's. You pick one, and it's in the series. Pick yeah. one. I, know. I think <laughs> I this is the start, so we're gonna have you there. Jesus no, no, Christ! No, 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 we'll keep it a no. secret right now. 
okay, you gotta okay. you gotta get back to Pete and let him know what what, yeah. what you want to do next, and we'll put you in the schedule. We want to do it. Oh um, man! Is got, that, for the record, we've gotten lots of requests for most of those, especially the yeah. Fugees. I think yeah, might be the, yeah. the most requested. Yeah. So, yeah, Al, uh, is there any music right now that you would say, hey, if you're a fan of Redman or if you're a fan of hip hop from this era or mm-hmm. just anything at large, is there anything you'd recommend people check out new music, newer stuff? Yeah, man. Um, check out, definitely check out like um, uh, the Griselda dudes, West Side Gun, um, and all of them. The Locks just dropped something recently. Um, I, I, I would definitely say, yo, like, um, Really look out for like uh uh Jesus Christ ah man there's um Rim the villain he's he he's really dope um he he's a Brooklyn dude um yeah man damn I'm trying to think who else oh Makami from Newark New Jersey um and Fahim the God yeah Makami okay. he's he's got this really like weird offbeat thing but it's like so dope and sometimes he'll rap in like creole and everything yeah man i would say um uh definitely check him out all right nice yeah all right right, guys i think that might be it um i think the only uh, yeah I was gonna ask a movie about. Or I was oh, gonna ask. Oh. I, was, I was gonna ask a question about uh, Redman's movies, but I don't know. Have you guys seen <laughs> Seed of Chucky or Nutty Professor Two? <laughs> I've seen neither of those, unfortunately. Uh, wait, I know. Seed, I heard Seed of Chucky is supposed to be dope. Seed, Seed of Chucky is actually really fun. Nutty Professor Two, I don't think I've ever seen. And I don't I've think I've seen it either. <laughs> I've definitely seen How High, but it's been a long time. Should we? All right, so maybe this will be our assignment. Is that? Al, you gotta you gotta pick out a record for us. You get Pete Bang. in on that. We'll we'll set it up and and we'll try to we'll try to watch either Nutty Professor Two or <laughs> or See to Chucky and, and go from there. We'll pick one of those. We'll we'll review the go. movie at the same time. All right. Check. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Matter of fact, I know what the album what what album I'm down to do. If you ain't got nobody to do it, I know which one it would be. Let's hear it. Oh, the score. Fuji's the score. It's 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 yeah. lock it in. We'll oh, do it shit. coming no, in the future. Artifacts awesome. though. Wait, I'm bugging. Artifacts <laughs> wrong, between a rock and a hard place. Yo, it's either between artifacts or Fuji's. I'm sorry. I got I gotta I can't. I can't. No, no, it's good. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do one and then we'll do the other one after. So yeah. we'll do we'll word, do a series. Word. Um Pete, where can where can you find us on social media? Social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at it came from NJ Pod, and then you can email us at uh, it came from NJ Pod at gmail um, And again, we really appreciate all the feedback we've been getting. It's really awesome to hear you know your thoughts on not only the episodes but like you know requests for future episodes and all that good stuff. Yeah, and, emails, uh, comments, stories, your stories with any of these records. We love it. We'll share it. We, we're going to do a couple more of those episodes where we just talk about what we're hearing. Um, that's fun. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, man. Oh, I want to plug in um, my handles. Is it, is it cool if I yeah. plug in my handles? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yo, get man, out, yeah, of course. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, sure, yeah. Everybody <laughs> follow out. Yo, yeah, check me out, man. Um, unique underscore noise with a Z. That's unique underscore N-O-I-Z-E on Instagram. Love awesome. to hear it. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thanks,